Insurance is a competitive landscape more so these days as regulation evolves, customers become demanding and picky with what products they need and how much they are willing to pay for. The entry of InsureTech has also opened new avenues for insurers to market products, in some cases create totally new offerings in new locations not possible with conventional models for marketing insurance. Now, according to iMark Group's latest report, IoT Insurance Market Global Industry Trends, the global IoT insurance market reached a total of US $20.2 billion in 2021. IoT-enabled insurance involves the utilization of drones, machine learning, telematics, robotic process automation, wearables, artificial intelligence, and augmented reality solutions to provide improved and effective insurance services. IoT insurance offers services such as immediate risk management, claim management, and reduction of operational costs of the organization during claims settlement. It is widely used across various industries such as banking, financial services, and insurance, automotive, transportation, healthcare, and construction. In today's Podchats for Future IoT, we are joined by Andrew Yeoman, CEO for Conservus, to give us a better understanding of how insurers are using IoT to reimagine insurance. Andrew, welcome to Podchats for Future IoT. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having us. How has the insurance industry in Asia particularly evolved in the last few years? Well, I think the last few years have been challenging for the insurance industry in Asia, as it has been elsewhere. Clearly, with the pandemic, that's challenged much of the business model, particularly how that business model has operated, you know, with a a lot of remote working uh, versus face-to-face. I think what it's done is given us sort of both problems and opportunities. Uh, It's given us a problem because operating a business where you've been predominantly used to doing face-to-face work and then trying to do that remote has been challenging. And clearly, there's going to need to be some investment going forwards in some of the sort of back-end office and infrastructure. So the, the very manual methods of perhaps processing policies have been challenged. On the plus side, it's an industry that has not only sort of survived, but thrived, and perhaps never more so than the last two years of people been relying on insurance. So I think that, that again, it's it's a story of two halves. You know, we're seeing new innovative products, new innovative methods of working. Perhaps they've been created for reasons that we hadn't anticipated, say, three years ago. Uh, Overall, I think it's in a good place. Now, it can be argued that the Internet of Things or IoT is still a relatively new phenomenon as applied to the insurance sector. Can you cite one or two recent innovations that are around the use of IoT insurance that you think deserves review? Sure. So the Internet of Things is creeping in everywhere. You know, everything that, that, that we see in touch is, seems to be monitored these days. You know, I think about my own experience. You know, I, my car is connected. I'm connected through my iWatch. My home is connected. And my building and my office is connected. And so what we're starting to slowly see is that the insurers are building products around that. So whether it be health insurance, which relates to your daily activity, you know, to try and keep you healthy. So how many steps you do, whether you exercise, etc. Whether it's uh, uh, IoT in your car, looking at how well and when you drive. In the last couple of years, IoT has been used for things like uh, the movement of vaccines to make sure that vaccines have stayed at the right temperature uh, and in the right condition as they've been moved. And again, in, in your home or in your office, yeah, the use of IoT and sensors to provide a connected insurance environment there has, has increased. So we're seeing it rising everywhere at the same time, both in sort of personal lines and in commercial lines. And really the most exciting part is that you know, it gives you some of that hyper-personalized proposition so around how your behaving and how you're driving etc so again it's been fascinating one of the things i enjoy the most is seeing some really entrepreneurial approaches to how some of this data can be used if we are to generalize the internet things are out here and the provision of insurance what would you say is that single biggest value proposition that the technology provides first in the provision of insurance products and services 
there are clearly some benefits for the insurer, but there are also some benefits for the insured. So for, from the insurer perspective, the data that they get from IoT devices allows a disaggregation of risk. So it means that if I find using traditional parameters of like age and background and occupation and where you live, etc., I might find, let's just think from a driving perspective, I might say, well, these 10 people, they all look like the same risk on paper. But with the IoT data, I can see that she two of these people, they, they drive to the station and back each day, two of them actually don't drive their car in the week. Two are up and down motorways. Other people are in city centres. So I can get very, very personalised information from an insurance perspective. So I can more accurately price that risk. So I say the disaggregation means I charge the safer people less, I charge the the less safe people or higher risk people, should I say, uh, a little bit more. So that's really good from an insurance perspective. I think from an insured perspective, sometimes the benefit, there's two or threefold. It's a bit, give out that previous example. Clearly, if you're one of the lower risk drives and you get a reduced premium, you're going to consider that a good thing. And if you're one of the higher risk drivers, you get an increased premium, you might consider that a bad thing. But actually, the secondary benefits that it also provides is the concept of like nudge behavior. I, for example, on my watch, I get an alert that says, Peterson, you need to stand up, you need to walk around. And I get a coffee if I behave well. They send me a voucher for a free coffee, etc. But I think that notion of those additional benefits changes our relationship with an insurer from just being somebody that's there when things go wrong to actually somebody that can help me whether it's live a healthier life or in the case of home insurance if they're monitoring leaks it means they can see if there's a leak in my house before it becomes a flood so i do get benefits from it we're very much seeing these evolve though as the use cases come together and the market either accepts or rejects these particular use cases i think we start to see what works for both the insurer and for the insured but from my perspective everything that can be iot enabled will at some point become iot enabled You've covered some interesting aspects about the use cases for IoT within the insurance space. Now, there are two things that I wanted to cover with you here. One is on the area of risk management, and the other one's on the issue of data privacy and protection, which has come up rather strongly in the last couple of years with the more industries going into digital. Start looking at risk management first. How are insurers using IoT to better manage their own risk as a business? There are a couple of elements. So one of the obvious ones, uh, or obvious to me, is if I start, and let's, let's stay in some, some, we'll stay in some of the familiar lines that we've talked about. So if you think about uh, car insurance, as an insurer, you don't really know where all the vehicles are. So if there's a fire, big fire in a car park or whichever, you, you don't, so you don't know where they are. So you don't know how many risks you're likely to, to create. So for example, one of the areas of business that the Weir's company have been working is, is, is in shipping. Of course, if you insure ships, there's a chance that if I've insured 100 ships, there's a possibility all 100 ships could be in one port at one time. So understanding those aggregations, whether they be ships or the movement of goods, so or cargo, so what's in a given port, that's clearly going to be a benefit to the insurer because there was an event a few years ago in China, was it Shenzhen, the port side explosion, sorry, where people didn't really know what goods they had on the dock side there. So clearly the IoT starts to solve those sorts of problems. That awareness has got to be good for, for, for insurers. From a data privacy perspective, I think this is an area Area where we're going to see some changes coming through. There's two elements to it. One, I think that from a consumer perspective, you really want to know what data you're giving to the insurer, how they're using that. And I think there needs to be some transparency there. So that needs to be the insurer clearly stating what are they going to do with that information? How are they going to use it? How long is it going to be stored, etc.? And could other uses be made of that data? For example, and let's, let's go to some of the, um, the darker side use cases, is if your insurance company has got 
of tracking device in your vehicle, what would happen if the police contacted them and said, could you prove whether they were speeding or not speeding? So you could probably get the data to prove that you weren't speeding, but equally, would they be obliged to provide the data in the event that you were? And how might that work? So I said, I think there's some trust issues that need to go on there. And then, you know, secondly, there's also the fact that insurers now know if something is about to happen and do they have an obligation to act? So let's give you a couple of examples there. One is if there's a leak in my loft space in my house, you don't want to wait for the ceilings to fall in and you be covered with a big wet mess before the insurers come and say, yeah, we could see that happening. You'd like them to contact you and say, we think there's a problem. So that would be useful to know that in, in advance. But equally, where does that line stop? If you go back to our speeding example, if you as an insurer can see a car driving 50 miles an hour every day in a 30 miles an hour limit, and then they have a crash, does the insurer have an obligation to act? So it always cuts to the court case, you know, so Mr. Insurer, you could see that Mr. Yeoman was a persistent speeder yeah, for the 30 days running up to this accident, and yet you failed to do anything about it. Is the insurance company culpable in any way? So the courts are going to prove these things out. So in some respects, you know, the, the corner, the dark corners of these technology perhaps need a little bit of regulation to so everyone to understand exactly what this data is going to be used for, who's responsible for what and, and how that might work. How important is having a clear business model then in order for an insurer to benefit from IoT data? And how can businesses adapt to such a model, particularly the old incumbent insurers there? The first part of the question, how important it is, I think it's fundamental. People need to have a very clear understanding of exactly what their business model is going to be and how that's going to scale, more importantly. Again, we've used the example of cars, but let's stay with it. So if you're putting a box into a vehicle, you need to understand, well, what happens at the end of the policy term? What are the economics, et cetera? And exactly how is this, how's the um, the business model going to, going to operate and, and benefit? So I think having absolute clarity before you scale is really important. And then in terms of how can they adapt such a model, I think that's bizarrely enough where you need less caution. I think that the traditional insurers need to experiment. They need to see what works for them. They need to see what's acceptable to their policyholders. And they need to do that really quickly. So you don't need to run a five-year project in order to experiment. It doesn't need to cost you millions of dollars to do that. I think the sort of short, sharp, focused experience, what can we learn? We call it fail fast. Get the minimum viable products out there and fail fast. See what you can learn what's good, see what doesn't work, yeah, do less of what fails, do more of what works, and really understand and build a detailed business model before you then scale that out. We've certainly seen that there have been many insurers that have tried to scale too soon, and they've been left with warehouses full of devices that have become obsolete. They've been left with losses that they weren't expecting just because they, they got their pricing or their actuarial models incorrect, or their level of customer service that they needed was was more than they'd anticipated. Yeah, it's always different from your, your assumptions. So I think a good solid business business model needs in there all of the assumptions you believe are going to be true and then you use this sort of experimentation to prove out the validity of those parameters or assumptions. The fact that this is still relatively new in the sense that proof points to the technology are still arguably few and far in between. What sort of yep. skills, expertise and experience should an insurer have in order to better assess the benefits and use of IoT for them as a business? One of the challenges that uh, IoT provides is that you know, as insurers, we're used to dealing with data all the time. But you know, the main like supplies that we might have coming into our organisation are paper and ink. You know, we print policies, we send them out in the mail. Hopefully, people are PDFing them now, but that's the limit of what they've been used to supplying. Clearly, if you go in with an IoT-enabled proposition, you might take on a new supply chain. You might have to buy hardware 
might have you know, connectivity issues in terms of SIM cards or other sort of network connectivity. And you need a supply chain to then both procure those, but then get those shipped out or installed with a customer or whichever. So I think that in terms of the insurer's expertise, depending on the particular business case and the line of business they're going into, clearly it changes the need of an insurer, what skills that they need in that supply chain. My one sentence advice is don't build that in-house, just partner with somebody who's, who's an expert in that. Those are skills that are too expensive to learn and you'll make too many mistakes. And then the, the second part of that is the data. So as insurers, clearly in insurance market has been dealing with data since its very beginning in terms of understanding policyholders, understanding risk models, etc. The challenge with IoT is that it's a different type of data. You know, it's time series data. There's lots of it. You know, you might get a, we'll stay with the car, you might get the position of the vehicle every one second. However often you get it, you might get information about you know, the, the water sensor in the loft or someone's health or whichever. So you need to figure out how am I going to cope with that data? So it's a huge volume of data. And then actually the insight that you want is often buried in what's called the time series. So if I'm getting data sort of every one second or every 15 minutes, I'm looking for a change of status or a relative change. How much has the temperature gone up by in the last 15 minutes for me to be able to assess whether it's, it's rising rapidly and predict what's going to happen? And that type of data, as I say, hugely complex. It varies from device to device. There are a few standards there. Uh, you have to store a huge amount. You have to then process it. It changes the actuarial model as well because it gives you new rating factors, which you might be unfamiliar with. Your actuaries may not know how they correlate to claim. And you're going to have to move away from what was a sort of relatively traditional and static GLM in terms of pricing models to a machine-learned model that uses all of this data. And I think that that's a, that's a, that's a really new skill set. And you know, machine learning and data science expertise is is globally in demand. So it's a difficult skill set to build, certainly to build rapidly. When looking to tap IoT, what questions should leadership ask their technology advisors, internal or external to the organization, to ensure that they are in the right direction and perhaps even frame of mind? Yeah, so I think that, again, it's a, it's a fantastic question. In some respects, the answer to that comes the question that we talked about earlier, which is, what's the business model? So why are we doing this? Why do we want to do connected car insurance? Why do we want to do connected home insurance? You know, what's our strategy as an insurer? What's our identity? And is it consistent with that? And then that, say, very much dictates the questions they want to ask of their technology team, which is, okay, so if I'm going to go into connected car, connected home, movement of goods, whichever, the question then is, do we have the infrastructure in order to support this? Do we have the skills to operate that infrastructure? And I said, going back, I won't go over them again, but do we have the ability to sort of process and cope with that data? And then going back to the earlier part of our conversation is if I'm going to get insight that says, we think that this person's about to have a leak in their house, or we think this person is driving inappropriately, you then need an outbound team, an outbound calling team or contacting team in your organization or technology, which allows you to interact with the insured. Uh, and that's very different because you know, tr- traditional insurance is you have contact with your customer when they buy a policy, when they claim, uh, whether they cancel and when they renew, and that's about it. And so you tend to, you know, on a 12-month policy, you know, the, the, the contacts tend to be at the start of the policy at the end of the policy and this is a claim somewhere in the middle whereas this technology requires certainly offers the opportunity for a more conversational approach and again if i think from my, my health perspective you know my health insurer is effectively in contact with me every day through my watch and through my phone etc and so that changes the nature of, of the technology and that's required to operate that model and the reporting you get out for it so from my perspective start with what does it do to your brand identity be very focused on what the objectives are of this and then that will lead you to the the right questions in terms of the requirements you need from the CIO and the CTO to make sure that they've got the, the right technology infrastructure in place to, to, to help support that business model.
in all of this discussion around IoT as it yep. applies to an insurance business, what does Consiris bring to the table? Well, so we are quite simply, we're a one-stop shop for IoT insurance. We've now been operating in the market for about six years. We built a platform which, firstly, it allows you to sort of curate data and handle that. Secondly, it allows you to build the risk models. And thirdly, it provides that level of applications that you need in order to support those operations within an organization. Our goal is to allow insurers to bring successful IoT-enabled insurance models to market quickly and profitably. And we've done that now with 25 insurers around the world for a whole, whole different host of business lines. Andrew, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future IoT. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. That was Andrew Yeoman, CEO for Consiris, on the topic of how insurers are using IoT to reimagine the insurance industry. You are listening into Podchats for Future IoT. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future IoT. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future IoT. Bye for now.